Hi there, I'm Kyle Thomas, welcoming you to the fourth episode of The Edmontonian. For this week's show, we invited three distinguished guests into the studio to talk about different issues facing the city of Edmonton over the next number of years. That's our mixed bag panel on today's Edmontonian. I'm very excited today to have our first panel on the Edmontonian. This is something we're calling our Mixed Bag Panel, where we get together, discuss local issues, anything cultural that's happening out there, and sometimes things on a national or more international level too. Today, I'm very, very excited to be joined in our studio by three wonderful people. We have Gwendolyn Murray, a local parent and head of the Edmonton Parent Teacher Association. Gwendolyn, you're very welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. We have Andy Carter from the local think tank, No to Life. Yeah, thanks for having me. And finally, we have James Bean, the Dean of Microeconomics at the University of Alberta, who also has a PhD in Micromachine Economics. James, you're very welcome to the program as well. Well, thanks for having me, Cal. So today, what we would like to discuss in our first panel are a couple of local issues and then something just for fun at the end. We're going to talk about the Vernacular, a civic project which will transport people from the downtown area into the River Valley, gentrification that seems to be happening across our city now. And finally, we're going to talk about Beyonce, who recently posted some intimate photos on the internet, and we're going to debate whether that's oversharing or inspiring. So let's start with uh, gentrification. As everybody here, uh, I'm sure, are aware, our city has gone through many, many changes over the last couple of years. We have the ICE district, which is the most prominent one, which has Rogers Place and many condo towers, which have been greenlit and are in the process of being built. But this seems to be pushing some of our, I guess, more minority communities to the side. Uh, Gwendolyn, what, what, what's your opinion on this? Well, I'm a proud mother of four, and I watch my kids like a hawk. The last thing I want is them leaving our safe house and moving into the downtown. I mean, I don't trust the people there. So are you saying then that you think gentrification is a, is a good idea? It's going to make the, the downtown area safer for your children? No, I think it's a horrible idea. Anything that brings people together brings my children out of my home. So you, you just want to keep your children in your home whether or not gentrification is taking place? Cal, I watch my kids like a hawk. Okay. Andy, I'm sure your think tank has done some research or has an opinion on the gentrification process. In yeah, I think it's a terrible idea. I think it's the worst. I, you know, uh, we spent hundreds of millions of dollars on this, and I think it's safe to say it's a failure. It's a waste of taxpayer money, and I just think we need to to put the ice district on ice. So, is your main concern the that an awful lot of taxpayers' money has been spent, or do you think it has to be rolled out in the the correct way? It's too much money. It's ruining downtown. I can't get a bus anymore to get to Calgary. I have to go to the north end. I don't even know how to find the Greyhound bus station anymore. I think we need to demolish everything we've built and start fresh. Can I ask you how often you take a Greyhound? No. Well, you know, there are other options than the Greyhound. Uh, There are some very economical transportation options, too, if the Greyhound uh, doesn't seem to fit the bill. There's always the Red Arrow 
Okay, well, the, the, James, thank you for coming in on this. So the Red Arrow, that was one of the services that weren't affected, obviously, by the downtown development. Absolutely. Still got that same pickup station. I ride it every day. I'm uh, commuting into the University of Alberta from Calgary. I take that Red Arrow every day. So, sorry, just just to get that uh, clear, uh, James. So you commute from Calgary every day to the University of Alberta in Edmonton. That's correct. So three hours up, probably four on a bus, <clears throat> and four back. Roughly. So how many hours a day are you at class or doing your work? Well, I'm doing some research on the bus because we've got Wi-Fi. That was one of the big reasons I went the Red Arrow Sorry, route. so you're, you're, you're doing research on the bus, like sure. you're researching the bus? A little bit. So you're researching the well, bus on the bus. As you know, I had a PhD in micro-machines, um, and now I'm sort of looking at bigger machines. So uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your bus research? What kind of things you're looking at? Any conclusions you've come to so far? Well, I know the route takes three hours. Uh, I think most of us know that. Professor, no. The other thing is the driver. He, uh, they, they have an entertainment system, and and it's a little outdated. It's it, but hey, at least they have one. Uh, sorry, Greyhound uh, missed the boat. But the driver, uh, they have their own VHS collection, and you know the route to Edmonton is often one fraught with hours of Mrs. Doubtfire every day. So can I can I ask who commissioned this research on the bus? No, you may not. Okay, that brings up an interesting point for someone who's a parent, uh, Gwendolyn. Do you, do you let your kids take public or private transport like a like the Red Arrow? I will never let my kids take public transportation. You can get salmonella poisoning from sitting on a bus. What kind of a mother lets their poor innocent children sit in public transport? Do you you said you're a mother of four children? I'm a proud mother of four, Cal. Proud. Uh, can you could you give us their ages if you wouldn't mind? 16, 24, 29, and 13. Weird and- way to say that. <laughs> No, I disagree. I think she's a mother. She can say it however she wants. I disagree with you. I think we need to put the ice district. Okay, okay. When you're coming from academia, you would typically start with the lowest number, go to the highest, or vice versa. That's an interesting way to say academia. And can we just please get back to Gwendolyn? So, Gwendolyn, you've got four children in ranging from 13 to 20. To Nine? 32. To 32. And you don't let them out of your house, and you don't let them ride public transport. That's right. You see what's going on here with this panelist in his micro-machines and his own little world? Professor Going Dean out and getting Bean? an education and yes. making something what? of himself? He's getting into danger every single day. So many hidden dangers in the world. That can never happen to all my kids. Professor, have you ever felt in danger on the Red Arrow from Calgary to Edmonton that you take every day? Well, Gw- Gwendolyn is right. I got salmonella from the bus. Really? Fre- frequently. It's, I thought when she said that 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 was a little far fetched. Uh, no, no offense, nope. Gwendolyn. No, no, it's uh, people did... bring their chickens on there, and those things are just a haven of viruses. Can can you des- describe, Professor, for us exactly how you got salmonella on the bus? Well, they don't clean the buses ever, so uh, you touch any surface on there, and you're you're in so the zone. Who's who's bringing live chickens on the bus from Calgary to Edmonton? Well. Um, but there's me. Typically, the driver will have a couple. 
Uh, and and uh, have you have you come up with ways maybe to to avoid getting salmonella uh, on the red arrow? I've been thinking about it, and uh, we have a study going on at the university right now. We don't have a lot of time to work on it uh, at the university because by the time I get there, I'm pretty much I'm going to have to catch the next bus out. Uh, so we have a little window uh, where we've been looking at it. Studies so far are inconclusive. Gloves seem to be an answer, but you do have to remember if you've brought a sandwich on. The board the bus, you'll you'll be taking those gloves off before eating the sandwich, and that proves hard. I would never trust gloves. Who's making those gloves? How do you know the gloves aren't dirty? I'm sorry, I've just got to butt in here. How much okay. are these gloves costing? I'm a fiscal conservative, damn it. Well, well that, that makes two of I us. Pay your, I pay your Hold salary. Hold on, okay, okay. Uh, Andy, Professor, uh, Gwendolyn, I think we're getting off topic a little bit here, talking about the price of gloves, when clearly the issue here is bringing chickens on the bus from Calgary to Edmonton. Now, I may have steered the conversation a little wrong earlier. I believe you can only catch salmonella from, from raw chicken, but it, I'm not sure. Professor, you're bringing live chickens and raw chicken? They're live when they start. In Calgary? Yep. And by the time Are we're you? in Edmonton, they're butchered and they're ready for consumption. Are you, so you're processing these chickens... Like, I know it's a long journey, but it's... Well, you, you have to have hobbies, and... Uh... My children don't have any hobbies. Hobbies can lead to death. So at what point do you allow your children to, to fly the coop, so to speak, and become their own well-rounded person? Cal, when you're a mother, you're a mother for life. N- not disputing that at all, but wondering when... So you've got a 32-year-old... That's Has right. he indicated, is, I'm assuming it's a boy, maybe I shouldn't, is it he or she? It's a she. It's a she. Has she, what, sorry, what's her name? I, I sh- her name is Sarah. Has Sarah indicated at any point that she might want to stand on her own two feet, live alone? I've told my children, it's from the womb to the tomb. That they're going to live with you? That's right. Okay. Can I, can I ask uh, you, Andy, uh, how long did you live with your parents, just to get another perspective on it? Only 27 years. So you lived with your parents for 27 years. Do you feel that that um, helped or, or maybe hindered you in life? I think it helped me. It helped me to be more practical with my money, more practical with my choices. I think when I did move out into the house immediately next door to them that they paid for, I was much more able to make a go of it and to do the right thing as an adult. I had much more fiscal prudence because of it. Well, I, I, I think that uh, concludes a, a pretty pretty thorough discussion on gentrification in the city. Guys, I'm conscious of the time here, so I'm going to move us swiftly along to the next topic. And that's the funicular. This new project that the city started last year, it's slated to open in fall of 2017. It's costing $24 million. It's going to transport people from the upper urban level of the city down to the more natural confines of the river valley. Uh, It's something that a lot of people are excited about, but a lot of other people are concerned about the cost. They're concerned about safety. They're concerned about the impact on wildlife. So I would be really interested to get your guys' take on this interesting new project. Uh, Gwendolyn, what, what do you feel this project will bring or not bring to the city? I'm very concerned about the increase in drug transportation that's going to happen on the funicular. So you're saying that uh, people will come from the upper level around Hotel McDonald there and come down into the valley? Transporting drugs. This was the whole motive. Oh, this is the whole motive of the city greenlighting the project? Yes. Why would the city greenlight a 
project that increases drug use in the city. To get the youth addicted to drugs. Okay. So well, she's, um, she's got a point. You know, there's some legalization measures coming through. And, uh, you know, that could be a big economic boom for the city if we really embrace drug culture. Okay, well, that's an interesting point. I would be really interested to hear uh, Andy's viewpoint on this. Now, this project has been on time. On budget, people are going to be riding up and down, and I just think we need to stop all the fun with the funicular. We need to take it, we need to cancel it, and we need to just start walking our cocaine up into the River Valley like I used to when I grew up. Do you guys have a marketing team that you pay really well to come up with these slogans? You want to put the ice district on ice, you want to take the fun out of the funicular, or is this something that you're just coming up with yourself? Look, I think we want to take the fun out of the funicular. I think we need to get... Back to what makes a city great. What makes a city great is not spending any money, not having any projects, just people having their money to do with it what they want. Like buying cocaine. So you feel like cocaine is a is a is a good thing that the citizens of Edmonton should be indulging in? Do you have some? No. And when I was doing my undergrad at the yes, University uh, University of Alberta, we did have to hike our cocaine up the river valley, and they didn't have as many paved trails then. It was a great core workout, and uh, the more cocaine you did, the the farther you could go, the more up and down, and it, it's it was a time, I tell you. So what was the need for hiking the cocaine? Well, you had to buy it. In the river valley. You had to buy it in the river valley. You got to hoof it up to downtown to sell it. You're pretty much a full-time drug mule at that point. We're talking about the automation taking human jobs, and people are worried, you know, what happened to the auto industry. Well, now it's going to happen to the drug mule industry, and it's absolutely, Gwendolyn is on point. It is going to happen in this city. You are going to see drug dealers who used to rely on foot transport being out of business because mothers, daughters, cocaine addicts, and think tank members can get their own cocaine, take that funicular up to downtown and sell it themselves. Can I ask you how many drug mule jobs you think are going to be affected? How many people's livelihoods? Thousands. Thousands. and Tens of thousands. Another question. I wasn't aware that cocaine was being processed, grown. I, I don't know what the technical terms uh, are. In, in the River Valley. The River Valley is sort of like the jungles of Colombia. It's almost like a tribal political structure in there. You've got your growers, your processors, your packagers. It's a full industry. I think we're missing the bigger point here. I think not enough people understand the cocaine economy in this city. And I think that's just such a tragedy. This is the things we should be learning well, from tell grade us, school. Well, tell us about I the think, economy like, then. Like, if we all understood how cocaine mules operate in the city, you wouldn't have well, tens of thousands of jobs being lost by your government, sir. Well, all activity? I'm saying is that people will lose their cocaine muling jobs. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We can take that money from taxes that the funicular cocaine consortium collects and reinvest that into uh, downtown. We can reinvest it into more funiculars. How many funiculars do you think the city of Edmonton needs? Several dozen funiculars, yeah, 24 okay. million. And the thing is that the economies of scale are such that the more funiculars you build, uh, the cheaper each funicular gets. So it's, it only makes sense economically. G Gwendolyn, would you like to see more funiculars in the city? Probably just in front of my house. So I can always be safeguarding going from one level to the next, making sure that my kids are at home because I watch my kids like a hawk. Okay. Well, I think the idea is fun and I think we need to take the fun out of the funicular, scrap the whole project, 
And this idea of, you know, dozens of funiculars across the river, that's just government waste at its worst. I think we need to take the government and just throw it in a river. It's more funiculars, more cocaine. That's what I say. I'm for the cocaine. Okay, okay. Andy, I got to press you on this point. Do you have a marketing department that's coming up with these slogans? Because it sounds like... There's a lot of money going into these slogans. They're catchy. They're short. This guy's on message. He's on message. He's on point. The No to Life group must have a huge marketing budget. I say no to that question. Okay. Finally, guys, uh, moving moving along. I'm sure everybody this week saw the pictures that Beyonce posted online of her in her early stages of pregnancy with twins. Again, some folks were were very enthusiastic about them, thought it was a really great celebration of life and new life. But you know what? If this person wasn't famous, the argument can be made that the same love wouldn't have been shown to them. Pregnancy is the most beautiful, natural thing in the world. It's actually quite unnatural when the baby leaves the womb. And how about you, Andy? I disagree. I think what uh, Gwendolyn is talking about is just like the welfare state, just sucking on the teat of the government. And finally, Professor, how about you? Do you think that celebrities get treated differently when it comes to intimate photographs like this rather than folks in their everyday lives? Well, my only other experience with the intimate lives of celebrities has been my many viewings of Mrs. Doubtfire. And now that's a woman that you get to learn a lot of through the... Through, through the magic of, of filmmaking, uh, in about an hour and 20 minutes of her life inside out, you see the family dynamics, her marriage falls apart, her children, his children, her... Oh, it's a confusing movie. Uh, I will say I haven't quite figured it out. But you've seen it so many times. I get lost. Uh, There's a point in time where the main man character sort of just disappears from the movie. And then there's there's an older woman who becomes a nanny. Uh, She comes out of nowhere. That's the titular Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. Yes, that is right. That is her name. And then the man comes back at the end and he's sort of sad but happy. And uh, I haven't... so to answer your question, it's uh, it's baffling. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Professor. You know, this has been a fantastic panel discussion. I would like to thank you all for coming in. Gwendolyn, Andy, and Professor Bean, uh, it's been eye-opening. That's it. That's our show. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can get in touch with us on edmontonianpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Cal Thomas, saying goodbye for now. <laughs>